It's good to have Miss Berlin in our service this morning, and uh, her daughters has agreed to sing for us this morning, and granddaughters. <laughs> At this time, Barbara and the girls are going to come around and give us a special. Sure glad they did that. Let y'all realize where all the talent went. 
this morning, uh, I'm grateful uh, for having family here with me. You know, Brother Michael told me he's going to take half the church with me, and I said, well, I'll fill it up again. Uh, so I invited my family today. Uh, but uh, some subject that's been on my heart for a long time, and uh, as you can see from the slides, uh, I really didn't have a good title for this message. Uh, but there's a lot of questions asked about love. What is love? And um, Paul gives us an adequate description of what uh, love is in 1 Corinthians 13, and that's where we're going to be this morning. And uh, if you will, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. 1 Corinthians verse 8. It says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Dear Lord, help us to be a church here that loves people. Help us to be uh, people that love people, dear Lord, so that we can represent you better and, and reach out to the community around us better. Dear Lord, thank you for this group of people that have come here today to hear a portion of your word. Dear Lord, help me as I render that to them in, in the way you have me to. Lord, forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. You know, the first question that comes to mind, and, and first of all, let me preface this. Uh, the King James writers, they use the word charity, but as most of us know, that word... It, it, it means love. It, it is love. If you look at the Greek root, it's the same word for many times in the Bible is translated love. Uh, so, so as we read through these verses and we look at this passage, we can just take that word charity and, and just switch it for love. It, it's interchangeable. But as we look at this, the first question that comes to our mind may be, why do I need love? And Paul lays it out very clearly here. He, he says in verse 1, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You know, Paul says when we talk, if we don't have love, it's just loud. And, and you know, I, I'm reminded back when I was a child, I used to watch Charlie Brown. And they really made fun of the teacher because the whole time during that show, the teacher would say something and it would come out just like this. Womp, 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 womp. And I imagine that's how uh, Christians a lot of times are perceived to the world. The people out in the world that are lost and don't know Christ, a lot of times they hear, womp, 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 from Christians. Because our words are not spoken in love. When we speak in love, we have something effective. You know, just thinking about what we have here in the Bible, we have the greatest message on this earth. And if it's not communicated well, if it's not communicated with love, it's pointless. And, and that, that, to me, makes a difference. As I think about our church and I think about people who visit our church and 
sometimes we get comments back about you, you've got a, such a loving church. You've got such a polite church. Those are great to me because now, if I, looking through the lens of that, I can see that we can reach people. Because if we don't coat our message with love, Paul describes it literally as hitting a gong. Boom. Making a loud noise. And all the preaching and all the teaching that goes on here at this church, if it's done outside of the, uh, outside of the frame of love, that's exactly what it is. It's a big gong, just a sounding brass. People know we're here because we're loud. But they're not getting anything from it. Then Paul not only tells us about our speech and, and how we're supposed to talk to people, but he tells us that uh, everything that we're gifted with comes down to nothing without love. Look at verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, have not love, I am nothing. You know, you can know everything in this book, the Bible. You can know everything there is to know about the doctrinal statements of the ABA. You can know all the things there is to know about Christianity and how to witness the people. But if you don't have love, none of it's applicable. None of it amounts to anything. The Bible was given to us to transform our lives, to make us into a, uh, a, through the study of it, to transform us from the way that this world is into the way that Christ wants us to be. And without love, we miss the underlying message of the Bible. God loved us. Paul said he could have great faith. Matter of fact, he describes his faith as um, Christ described having faith of the mustard seed, it was the ability to move mountains, to do great things. But even that type of faith, Paul says, is nothing without love. It makes sense that people of great faith would have great love. But I think it's an epidemic that our world struggles with. People of great faith be the, are oftentimes the brunt of people of great hurt. We can look back through the Bible and see, such as the Apostle Paul uh, and the early disciples, as they took leadership of churches, even though they had these miraculous gifts, prophecy, uh, they had the ability to speak in other languages, to reach other people. And they had the greatest of faith among the people they were witnessing to. But if they would have done that outside the frame of love, it would be nothing. Paul's letter to the church here at Corinth is just a testimony that he loved that church. You can look at most of Paul's epistles and see that he cared about a church or a specific person. Because he, he would often give them instruction, reproof. And, and all the reason for doing that is because he genuinely loved the people he was writing to. But also, 
Paul tells us that everything I do is not profitable without love. Look at verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. There's a difference in doing charity and having charity. That's what Paul says here. He says, uh, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, it profiteth me nothing if I don't have love. You see, a lot of people, they try to do things to show people they love them. But if they never possess the love that they have for that person, if, if, it, if it's not there, if it's just actions instead of emotion, instead of attitude, it doesn't mean anything. You know, I, I've, I've often seen on TV uh, encounters of people working in volunteer uh, jobs and they're doing it either one for community service or, or they were sentenced to do that or whatever. And sometimes those people, even though they're doing the most charity, have no charity at all. And, you know, as we read through the Bible and we see that God sent His Son to die for us, why did He do that? Why did that action happen? Because He loved us first. You see, we've got to love people before we can ever help people. Paul's letter to Corinth here, once again, is that testimony that he he loved those people. And and if you go back and you look at this, Paul went to those people. Why? Because he cared about them. Because he loved them. And the only way he was able to reach them is because he cared and loved about them. But there's another question that comes to mind. Whenever we love, what does that look like? What what, what is love? And the first thing that I put up here is love is limitless. And and the first thought that comes to my mind, love is limitless because it has no definition. Paul tells us what love looks like, but Paul never tells us exactly a definition. This is love. Because here's the thought that runs through my mind. Definition means this. But love is so applicable throughout any situation. If it's defined to one point, it's almost pointless. But if I can love people to where it endures through every problem, if I can love people where I can help them bear their own struggles, if I can love people through the storm and help them walk through it, then it's something great. And that's what Paul goes on to say if you look through verses uh, 4 through 8. In verse 4, he said, Love suffereth long. Love suffers through the good, the bad, the ugly. It suffers long. In verse 7, he says, Love beareth all things. No matter what you bring to somebody who truly loves you, they need to embrace you. Whenever people walk into our church and they they see that they have sin and they have corruptness on them, 
they need to see two things. One, that we absolutely stand for truth. And number two, that we're willing to accept them and love them. And when we can do that, we can say that our love bears all things. And then in verse 7, he also says that love endureth all things. You know, no matter how long we live, no matter the situations that we go through, Christ never stopped loving us. And we, not, we ought not stop loving people because they make a wrong choice. We not, ought not stop loving people because we find out something of their past. We ought not stop loving people just because they're going through a troubling situation. We ought to say as a church, our love endures all things. Clearly, Paul thought that no matter the time, place, or problem, love would make it through it. Love would keep going. And as verse 8 stated, love never fails. Never fails. The second thing that, you know, love looks like is kind. And you may say, well, trade, duh. If you love people, you'll be kind to them. I was listening to a Christian marriage counselor one time, though, And this is often not true. Because, see, the people we claim to love the most is often the people that we hurt the most. And that being true, we really need to refocus our love. We need to rebuild it. Because love is kind. It's a simple truth that we often miss. Even people that say uh, they love one another never show it. If people say that they love Christ, people say that they love God, they should be kind. Verse 5, it says, Love or charity behaveth itself unseemly. Unseemly. Un, un, uh, and, and basically, you can look down at verse 5 and see that it's not easily provoked. You see, love is, is not this thing where we take our anger out on somebody. Love is this thing that says, hey, we can work out our situations and we can still be kind to one another. People in the church... A lot of times, especially throughout church history, not only our churches, but many of churches, get in a situation where two or three don't agree, and you would think that church is anything but kind. But the fact of the matter is, Paul says, hey, church Corinth, you've got to be kind to one another. And I think that's what Christ said, be ye kind one to another. Love is kind, and the only way that we can have true fellowship, the only way that we can unite as one body, as a church, is through being kind to one another. 
And that's because we love one another. That The only reason that we can be kind to one another. One of the last thing that last things that love looks like is it looks like humility or being humble. If you look at verse 4, it says, Charity vaunteth not itself. It means it doesn't boast. Charity doesn't boast. It's not prideful. It's not uh, making itself bigger than it is. It's not bragging about who it is. Love is humble. Love doesn't brag. I believe this is one of the biggest problems of Christianity society today. Everyone wants to be seen for how great their faith is. Everybody wants everybody to know that, hey, I have this faith. Hey, and that's great because that's called witnessing. But when we brag about our faith, when we brag about uh, what we're doing, we're missing the point that God is doing the things inside of Christianity. God is doing the work. We are just His servants. And it's great to brag on God, but it's not great to brag on ourselves. Verse 4 says, It is not puffed up. It means to inflate. Love is not something that goes around looking for more and more fame. Love is willing to serve another whenever the occasion arises. We have good church members like that. You can, you can tell them, hey, we're doing this on this day, and it doesn't matter if it's mopping or, or whatever. They'll be here. Those are the kind of church members we need. Because whether it's cleaning the floors, whether it's working in the cooking crew, whether it's whatever we do, love is willing to serve. And if we're going to be a true church, a true church that reaches people outside of these walls, we've got to realize that, hey, we need to be willing to serve. We need to be willing to serve people for the sake of God, for the sake of what He did for us. And that can be a witness. Because isn't that what Christ did? He came to serve. He came to to serve people, to teach people, to love on people. It's an amazing concept to think about the people in the Bible who served Christ. They're often the people that loved Him the most. I think about the instance of a woman sitting at Jesus' feet, Mary, listening to Him, washing His feet. Why? She loved Him. I think about those disciples that followed Him around step by step, mile for mile, teaching and going. And and listen, when Jesus was walking, not everybody was such a hippie hoorah. A lot of people hated Him. And these disciples, they went with Him through that. Why? Because they loved Him. Because they knew that love was a commitment... And, and, and no matter what the situation, no matter what the means, they were just merely servants. So you may ask me, Trey, you've said the word love a lot. 
What is so great about love? And here it is. First of all, we're supposed to be people that represent Jesus. And Jesus is the ultimate example of love. Matter of fact, a few scriptures that we can look at this morning. First of all, turn with me to John 15. And verse 13. Probably a scripture some some of you have by memory. It says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friend. So here's this most supreme love. Here's the greatest love. And who did that? Jesus Christ Himself. He came to this earth. He laid His life down for you and me so that we can have eternal life. He is our supreme example of what love is. Not only that, but before time ever existed, Christ knew you. And He knew that He was going to have to suffer for the sins that you commit. And not only did He know that, but He acted on it. And He came to this earth to be, to be a holy ransom, to be a perfect ransom for my sins. And He died in my place so that I could have life. And not just any life. I could have life with Him. Not only is that, but love is great because it speaks of our relationship with God. A couple of verses that I want you to look at. If you want to keep a finger there in John, we're, we're going to turn over to First John, but we'll be back. First John 4 and verse 20. It says, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God, God whom he hath not seen? You see... There's a lot being said there, but it really boils down to this. If we have God, if we, if we know Him through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we know the love that He has for us. And with that supreme love in mind, we can love other people. And if we can't love the people around us that we can see and touch and communicate with even more effectively than prayer, even though that's a really good outlet. If we can't do that, how can we love someone that we can't even see? How can we love someone that we can't tangibly touch? God gave us this supreme gift of love so that we could love the people around us and spread His grace to the world. Another verse that talks about this relationship with God, rather Christ, is John 13 
and verse 35. Jesus says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you love one another. If we want to be an effective witness of who Christ is, we've got to love one another. Jesus says, by this simple, this, this simple thing, if you love one another, all men everywhere will know that you're my disciple. You see, and that brings back the humility aspect because we don't even have to proclaim that we're of Jesus. If we love one another, people will know who we're a part of. They will see it in the way that we care for one another and they'll see it in the things that we do, but not because we just want to do them, but because we have a motive for doing them through the avenue of love. You see, we have to love people before we can reach people. But when we love people, we have the opportunity to be a witness of Christ. And the last thing is, back in our text in 1 Corinthians, verse 13, or chapter 13, verse 13, a simple statement is made. Now abideth faith, hope, charity, or love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Why is it so great? Well, if you go back to the beginning of that statement, he says, and now abide it. Now. Temporary. It's happening now, but it's temporary. Why is that? Because one day, our faith will become sight. Our hope will be a reality. But Jesus, even in the presence of Him, will never stop loving you. You see, these things abide now. But love's the greatest because they, it has no end. And I want to ask you this morning as our musicians come for a hymn of invitation. Do you know the love that Christ has for you? I have a, the opinion that you won't truly love people until you love Christ. Because you don't know the supreme love that was given for you. How can you love people the way Christ has loved you if you don't know Him at all? Amen. If you don't know that love and you'd like, to, you'd like to know that love and accept Him as your Savior this morning, that's what the invitation is for. It's for you to make that decision. As we sing.